Hello, welcome to episode 39 of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. And today we've got a lovely treat for all you Brits out there. Our second Brit on the show is uh, Mr. Andy Nicholson, a.k.a. the Brain Damaged Baron. Uh, Andy comes from uh, Lincolnshire, which is not a million miles away from, from where I am. Um, and he's uh, been on a path of uh, educating people uh, via his YouTube channel and via Facebook, uh, I think for the last last uh, two or three years now. And this man has so much passion, uh, despite what he's been through and despite his epilepsy. And, you know, him and his family, they're just, they're the most fun as well from the videos I've seen. You know, he, he, he tries so well, uh, well, he, he does such a good job of educating people um, in, in his own manner. And I think when you have humour and laughter and a bit of song in there as well, then it always goes better. So here's the interview which I've recorded today, and I really hope that you'll enjoy it as much as we did. Thank you. Right, so today, ladies and gents, got a real treat, especially for you in Britain. Um, we've got Mr. Andy Nicholson, aka the Brain Damaged Baron, um, all the way from Lincolnshire, uh, which isn't a million miles from me. How are you doing, Andy? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks, David. Not too bad at all, sir. Good stuff. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I think you're only the second Brit that we've had on the show, uh, and it's it's good because we need to kind of get those numbers up. And uh, the, the differences between like most of our listeners in the states and Canada and other places and Britain, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we all have kind of like common problems and stuff. Like you know, like we have uh, the DWP here, or we have um, you know, kind of trying to get help and uh, and the NHS. But you know, they're dealing with, with different stuff. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's good to have you on, man. Um, it's difficult to find, isn't it? These Brits, they're hard to find. Yeah, well, apparently there's about 65 million of us. But really? <laughs> yeah, supposedly. Yeah, but the um, ones who can speak logically, there's not that many, is there? <laughs> well, I, just, I, don't, I don't know if I count myself in that. I try. <laughs> <laughs> I, try I try to get it out. If I can't, I'll try and sing it. I'm like, la, 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 la. People think you're crazy, though. Um, but as long as it makes them smile. Well, we're all stuck inside now. We're just desperate to talk to anyone, aren't we? So, well, you'd, you'd be amazed. I thought, right? You know, I got my podcast head on when when this came out, and I was like, oh great, everybody will want to do an episode now. And then, like, <laughs> like, well, um, you know, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. So, I've got a queue, yeah. a queue of people. And in fact, there's another Brit um, who's uh, an acquaintance of mine. She's a doctor, um, not a, a, a medical doctor. Uh, it's Doctor Alison Merrick. And hopefully she's going to be on this week. And she does Bowen technique therapy and uh, stuff like that. All right, we good to hear from somebody from the health profession. Yeah, definitely. And uh, but she's more alternative now. Okay, right. So that's enough from me, Andy. Would you um, just start by giving us a, a bit of background about yourself and and you know what happened in terms of your injury? Uh, and um. Well, I'm just a normal guy. I like to think I was. A builder in another lifetime many years ago. Okay. Uh, and in 1994, I went over to DP Starkist Germany ah. to work. I was working in Leipzig, which was the yeah. old East Germany. Oh, yeah. And it was only five years after the fall of the Berlin Wall, so it was all very raw and new over there, an awful lot of building work going on. And I was one of the millions who went over there looking for work and found some. Right. Like I'll be the same pet, <laughs> the boys from the black. Yeah, it was very similar. You'd be amazed how similar that was. The only difference was I very nearly didn't come home. Oh, boy, yeah. And yeah, I was 
1994, just before Christmas, three weeks before Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, walked into the house we were uh, working on, six o'clock in the morning, pitch black, right. and fell 20 feet headfirst down a stairwell. Oh, holy moly, holy crap. I, I take yeah, it- I, I landed on my head. Um, was Jeez. I was in a coma instantaneously. Yeah, um, was taken by ambulance to the nearest hospital, Leipzig Hospital, obviously, mm. where I remained in a coma for three weeks. Wow, I, I didn't actually know that part of how you'd actually got injured, but that was clearly in the days before health and safety was a concern. Yeah, I wasn't even wearing a safety helmet; <laughs> they weren't even provided, believe it or not. Yeah, I'm not sure that would have made a great deal of difference. So. Oh, no, blimey. they wouldn't have got away with it nowadays. But yeah, that's how it was then, and and uh, yeah, that's that's what happened sadly. But I'm still here. That's the main thing. Yeah, so that's what the class like uh, STBI, severe traumatic brain injury, which is yeah, it was. Yeah, was, was my severe. my family was actually phoned by the doctor in Germany. Yeah, and told I, I wouldn't make it through the night. So it was oh, quite blimey. serious at the time. Ah, oh, dear man, that's heavy. Yeah. Um. So. Wait, did did they keep you in hospital in Leipzig, or did, were you moved? Or? Yeah, I was. I was in hospital in Leipzig for a total of nine weeks. The first three right. of which I knew nothing at all because I was comatose. Right. But, but the, the six weeks following the coma was the the slow comeback to reality of sorts. Yeah. But I, I re, in the whole nine weeks, I remember about ten minutes, literally ten minutes. Yeah, and that, that's because your brain is in such a state of shock and and just like just yeah ready waiting to reboot really i guess yeah that's pretty much yeah i mean my my entire family was there my girlfriend at the time friends flew over but they may as well not bothered because i I had no idea anybody was there and don't remember it to this day either you were like comfortably numb kind of yeah yeah. exactly that is it yeah yeah i mean wow that's and, and so what happened then? Obviously, there was a point where they said, right, you can you can fly back to England, you can go home and... Yeah, yeah, after, after the nine weeks, I was I was eventually deemed safe to go home. Okay. Um, my, my parents flew over to, mm. to collect me and I was flown back to England mm. and whizzed back to my local hospital where I stayed for a week in a rehabilitation ward. Week, but it, it soon became clear that after 10 weeks in hospital I was probably going to recuperate better at home yeah. so I was I was discharged then but this was 25 years ago and I was yeah. largely left of my own devices to recover how Ooh. I saw fit I didn't didn't have much treatment after that I was just just released into the wild as it were yeah basically well, I can imagine especially 25 years ago um I mean, even today, it's very, very hit and miss. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was first injured in 2006. I've never had a severe or or a traumatic brain injury. I've only had, Mm -hmm. like, concussions. uh, Yeah. What they call mild traumatic brain injury. But, you know, to make up the the, uh, severity of it, I've had, like, eight eight or nine of those. So, you know. Good grief. Just got greedy, Andy. I thought, you know. You have to try and outdo me, don't you? Two's not enough. (laughs) No, and um, you know, the, the literally the last two I had were only last March. Uh, but yeah, I, I found with the with the mild, con- well, not the mild concussions. There's no mild concussions. Um, I'd learnt how to heal them by then, so I, I recovered in a, approximately a week and a half. 
Yeah, you do. I think learn how to heal is an interesting phrase because you, yeah. I think you do tend to find your own ways of coping. Yeah, definitely. And to, uh, I hate just talking cliches, but to find your new normal. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Until you do that, I think you're wasting your time, to be honest. Absolutely. Uh, we've done in a, in a few episodes in the past um, with one or two guests and, and myself have talked a lot about the grieving process with brain injury. Yeah. Uh, that's a major part that is just kind of coming to the fore now. Um, you know, where you lose your old self and you think you'll, yeah. ne- you'll never, you're grieving because you think you'll never get it back. Mm-hmm. But then what you can realise if you, if you allow yourself to grieve for that and say, I'm never going to be exactly the same again, then you can try to form a, a, a new self, which is kind of like an amalgamation, you know, a bit of the, the old and the new. That's very definitely right. I, I see it that on December the 8th, 1994, I died. Yeah. Or at least that version of me died, but the new version has, has slowly learned how to live with the old version not being around anymore. But mm, you, yeah. it's, it is all about acceptance. It's very glib and very twee to say you have to accept the new you, mm. but you do have to accept the new you, and until you do, you'll never push forward with your new life. No, well, I think that's a good point as well. The the acceptance point as well that you make is because you know, with any trauma in life, it's a psycho- mm-hmm. psychological acceptance. Yeah. So whether it's you've lost a loved one, or you've had a, an accident, or accidents like we've had, or mm-hmm. it's some other deep dark problem in your life. It could be you know, kind of uh, anything. Somebody that's hurt you or abused you or a situation, mm-hmm. then that acceptance you can you can reel against it. For Most definitely. As long, as, long I mean, I as you a want. Lot of people do, yeah. and it, it, it's a shame. I've, I mean, in, in the line of work, for want of a better phrase, that I do online, I've come across many people yeah. who, who rail against acceptance yeah, and say, "Please true. don't tell me to accept it because I can't." Yeah. And all you want to say is, "But you have to," but, yeah. and, and you really do. You have to. Yeah, and the, the acceptance, will, will, I, what I found is that for different people it comes at different paces, different speeds. Some, yeah. some will get it naturally quite quickly, or they'll get it through a crisis. Yeah. So they'll, they'll, they'll kind of try and, they might get to the point where they try and push through the restrictions of stuff, and then they have like a, a, a mini crisis, <clears throat> say things go, you know, go wrong or they make really bad decisions. And then they're forced to accept it, and then they get it. That's absolutely right. But it, it's, I feel it's it's healthier for you to naturally accept who you are now rather than it be forced upon you. Yeah. Because I think you can rail against it again if it's forced upon you. Whereas if it's a natural progression, you just kind of, yeah, th- th- this is me. This is who I am now. Yeah. Um, I don't care. Yeah. And it's all about not caring. Once you don't yeah. care anymore your life becomes a little bit brighter if that makes sense yeah it does because you've got you then got to learn in, in kind of like positive negative light and dark and the balance and it's yeah. like that, the Australian phrase dilly gaff have you heard that one yeah <laughs> yeah. It's so true. yeah listeners especially in Australia will know what that means but uh, for anybody else just google it <laughs> uh, so no, I've got a fair few people <laughs> follow me in Australia so oh, they'll, right. they'll appreciate that because of dilly gaff sport <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think it sounds like there, then you've got, like you said, you were released by doctors and sent home to kind of familiarise yourself. Were you, did you have trouble with amne- post-traumatic amnesia or other types of amnesia? 
Um, well, not not re- my my short term memory is chronic to this to this day. Okay. Um, yeah. my long term memory is largely unaffected, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, however, my short term memory is is dire. I mean, my wife sat next to me, and and she would tell you that exactly the same thing. Yeah, I can yeah. I can go out to a shop, and when we get to the shop, forgetting forgot why we've been there, yeah, or yeah. what we're there for, or <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm laughing. At, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just uh, <laughs> yeah, always have a list. Um, yeah. But then if you forget to make a list, you're screwed. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, do you do you lend kind of sometimes have trouble kind of keeping memories as well, or is that? Uh, um, it, it's it's an odd sort of an odd the odd juxtaposition is I don't remember things five minutes ago, yeah, but so think five years ago I can bring back like they were yesterday. Yeah. It's very straight. I don't remember them at the time, but years later they'll come back to me quite clearly. Yeah, it's very very strange living with it. To be honest with you. Yeah, well, obviously I understand because it's it sounds like a a mixture of retrograde and anterograde amnesia, which is one is is forgetting little things and things, and your your brain's moving and you forget stuff, and then you're like, oh, where was it? Anterograde is where you have difficulty forming certain even little new memories and things, and then they get lost yeah. as well. So, I think sometimes you can have a little balance in between both. Um, um, I'd, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's very common, to be yeah, honest with yeah, you. It's, it's pretty common. It really wouldn't. No. Um, okay, so following the the months and years that followed that, how, how did you kind of, like we were talking about acceptance, how did you kind of get your, well back into life, really? Um, well, when I was released into the wild, for want of a better <laughs> word, I was, I was in my mid-twenties. I was... Yeah forced to live back with my parents for, for a period of time. Ooh. So I, I think the fact that I was surrounded by family, by yeah. friends, mm-hmm. who, um, for want of a better phrase, grounded me, to be honest. Ah, right, okay. Uh, my, my father, who, who sadly is no longer with us now, would, would yeah. make sure I went down to the pub on a regular basis, for oh, instance. Bless him. <laughs> um, I just tried to live as normally as I possibly could, and that grounded me, kept me... Um, normal life just carried on. Yeah. Yes, I didn't work anymore, but I still had a perfectly normal life, and it, it was as it was, but without the health side, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, so, so sorry. having friends and family around, and just just being as I was pre-injury helped me to become my new normal, really. Hmm. Okay, and then. Did did you find other things to take up your time in the early days, or were you just kind of pretty much riding along with it all? Or? Um, I, th- I think that the, the turning point for me was I one of those many hundreds of thousands of people who always thought I had a book in me. Right. Even even when I was sixteen, seventeen, mm. I thought I could write a book. It must be easy, <laughs> and yeah. I did. Ah. After I'd been home about six months after the accident, I thought I'll sit down and write about it. Excellent. And it flowed, and I ended up writing a book about my time in Germany and the ah. accident and my subsequent recovery, and was fortunate enough to get it published. Oh, fantastic! So I didn't know that. That, that took that took up an awful lot of my time, and mm. again, it was quite cathartic. Yeah. And, and helped to heal without again sounding glib. 
Yeah, I imagine as well. I mean, I, I've, I've, I, haven't, I haven't written my story yet. I mean, I'm, I've written a book on PCS, but that probably will get to publish. Um, yeah. But I, I would imagine that, yeah, through writing your own story, it's, it's almost like the, the Freudian way of re-experiencing it for, uh, from from an out, outer perspective. It's like looking at yourself from the outside in. It is. It's, it's ah. like looking in the mirror. Once once it's down on mm. on paper, yeah. you you read back things that you'd never even thought about before, but you forced yourself to write it. So yeah. it becomes it becomes real. Right. They're not just memories. Yeah. It, it's reality suddenly. Yeah, because because your brain has a way of kind of bypassing your your day to day memory, and it, it, it will it, a different part of the brain is responsible for writing for kind of expression creativity. It's the right brain, yeah, yeah. the right brain. Yeah. So that's going to be. That, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Right. So that's been putting these things on the paper, and then later you you read them and thought, wow, yeah, that's profound. That's what you know. Yeah. That's yeah. I no, I've said to many people online when people have said, I, I don't know how to fill my days, I don't I don't mm. know how to pass the time while I'm recuperating. Write, write, right, and write yeah. some more. Yeah. Well, be, be previously to doing the podcast, they only started last October, end of October. Previous yeah. to that, I'd just be like, right, I, I have the blog, uh, the Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness uh, blog. It just yeah. started about 2011, 12. And they've been going on this since 2009, I think. All right. Um, so, yeah, at one time I just used to write articles and write things like that. Uh, but then events in my life stopped me. And then now yeah. it's like, well, yeah, podcasting's got to be a, a better way in some ways. Mm-hmm. But I would still like to get a typewriter or something again. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think my handwriting's that bad. I'd have to use a typewriter or a laptop. Well, I was the same. <laughs> it's, it, it's much easier just to type it out, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'll have to get my laptop fixed. Um, right, okay, so, yeah, well, I definitely need to read a, that book. Is it still available, your book? It's it's long out of print, sadly, but oh, there are it? still a few copies of almost Alf Wiedersehen floating around <laughs> on Amazon somewhere. Right, you can get all of a called? copy if you look hard enough. Right, almost Alf Wiedersehen on Amazon. Right, I'll look, I'll look that up. Maybe you, you'll be able to find one. Excellent. Right. So, um, okay. So, um, how did you then, when you, you kind of got to grips with the internet, Andy, and like Facebook, I know, I know you found our, our groups, uh, awareness groups a, a while back. Um, yeah. What, what kind of first triggered you to, um, to get started and, and to do this? To be honest, I, I was a latecomer to social media. I, I didn't start yeah. until probably five years ago. Okay. But it was um, a light bulb moment with with my wife. I was lying in bed and suddenly thought, um, I have an idea. I'm going to make a film. Mm. And my wife pilfered some paper from work and we, we wrote some, some sheets out a la the old Bob Dylan video from years ago where the, oh, the yeah. lyrics are all on sheets of paper. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. That's one of your best videos. <laughs> yeah, well, I did the same thing and it was called Some People. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, and that's a, that's a it classic. was me with the sheets of paper saying some people have headaches, mm-hmm. some people are fatigued all day, every day, some people can't drink anymore, yeah. some people can't drive, and it, it went on with lo- a list of <laughs> lots and lots of things that some people can't do, and the, the key was at the end it was some people like me and it was just a picture of me yeah. and everything I'd mentioned was things that people with chronic illnesses deal with 
every single day. But you would never yeah. know because they don't look ill. Yeah, I, I think, personally, I think from that was one of your most, although you weren't speaking in it, it was one of your most powerful and impactful videos, in my well, opinion. Bless you for saying so. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was pretty, it hit me in the I mean, heart. I was like, whoa, yeah, that's powerful, which is good. But it, from the heart, and very true, it, it, every single bit of that is that people are going through it every single minute of every single day, and you'd never know. No, you wouldn't. No, you often, you often don't know. Sometimes even I've met people down the years. Often you get a sense of somebody, this person's had concussion or this person, just is like a, a kind of like a empathic, psychic sense that this person's had issues. And then all, yeah. all of a sudden, just in casual conversation, they'll mention that, oh, you know, like, I was like kind of, you know, in a car crash and I had this. And then, you know, yeah. but the, you know, the one or two people where you, you can't guess, I suppose. Uh, people become you become good at hiding things. Yes. So yeah. you, only the people who need to know know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm laughing because I I always say that I become good at hiding things from myself. So yeah. <laughs> I'd have this thing of like where I'd put like important things in like specific places. Yeah. <laughs> and like oh, if I put this here, I'll remember that this is a special place. I don't want need to lose it or whatever. And then, like, months would go by, or sometimes a year or two, and I'd be like, ah, oh, whatever did I do with that thing or that letter or whatever? And then yeah, all of a sudden, sense, yeah. all of a sudden, it'll be like, oh, yeah, I left it in this really weird place. Yeah, it rings bells. <laughs> yeah. So now, like, life becomes a constant series of, like, surprises of finding stuff. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that for five years. <laughs> that's, yeah. a that's a nice discovery. Understand 100%. I'm sure you know what I mean. Okay, so um, so you started out, and just rewinding a little bit as well, so obviously between um, what happened in Germany and, and going forwards, obviously you have a wife and children now? <laughs> so they, I, um, I, think I, saw, I, I think I saw your daughter in one of the videos, honey. Sorry, sorry, I lost you there for a split second, say again. I, say, I, I think I saw your daughter in one of the videos. Oh yeah, she'll be listening <laughs> at the door now. Don't, no worries about that. She's always around somewhere. So yeah, like 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 with myself, I had injuries and then thought, well, when I I got to age of about thirty nine, nearly forty, I had no children, and I had no kind of long term relationship. Um, but I have a little boy; he's five now. I'm, I'm not with his mother anymore. But I thought that had never happened for me. Was there a point where you thought, no, oh, that's it, I've, I've kind of written myself off? Well, here's the touching story, and this drags on for a couple of minutes, but she's not actually my daughter. But your, your stepdaughter? Uh, she's my stepdaughter, but she's never known her father. Right, I see. So I'm the only father she's ever known. Hmm. Now, initially I was going to adopt her, Mm -hmm. But for, for various reasons, we decided not to. But okay. Holly decided she, I was her dad anyway, and she's called me dad for years. Bless. So to all intents and purposes, I am her dad. Wonderful, yeah. Simple as that. That's fantastic, yeah. And it is... Um... I mean, I don't want to be. I can't stand the little rat, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's, that's kids for you. That's families for yeah. you. So, you play yeah. with the cards you dealt, don't you? <laughs> you do. Nah, um, love her to death, really. I'm only joking. I know, I know you are. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm 
I, I mean, my work down the years, I've done a lot of stuff with like weird esoteric healing, spiritual work, and Reiki healing stuff. So I, I've I've had like past life regressions and stuff, friends of mine. So I I firmly believe in past lives, and I believe that uh, in every lifetime you've got people are on stage like actors in a play, and every every uh -huh. every lifetime's like a different play. So all the pe all the kind of souls or actors play different roles. So in this lifetime, she may she may not be your biological daughter, but in a, in another lifetime, you could have been related. So that, that's just my take on it, anyway. Oh, well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. So enough of my nonsense. Um, so uh, looking um, at uh, the people that you've met since you you came onto social media and and kind of how they interacted with you and, and any stories there. Um, many, to be honest with you, I've. Many that are important. I've, I'm pleased to have to have to have met. He says in inverted commas, people from all over the world yeah. that I, I, would, I would never have come into contact with normally, but yeah. people I, I consider friends now. I have a uh, Rayleigh in Australia, Joe in Switzerland, mm -hmm. not to mention the countless people I've, I've met in the UK now who I consider friends. Many of whom I've met. But, um, yeah, it's been a massive help to me, and I like to think I've, I've helped a few people along the way as well, which was kind of the idea in the first place. Yeah, uh, you, you definitely have helped people. I mean, you've helped me for, for uh, you know, the, the things I've seen you do and that I've seen you talk about. Uh, because sometimes, you know, in the way I've been working, I've needed grounding. And to see an, another fellow Brit doing that, you know, some like... <laughs> Is is inspiring because oh I, bless you give over it's just, no, no. It's just me being an idiot on films <laughs> that really yeah well I, I struggle to be an idiot in public so you know <laughs> well <laughs> unless I've had a few drinks um, so yeah no it is but the reason I'm saying that is because most of the people yeah you say you you you, you meet people abroad you you talk to people the people have helped me in my groups like uh, Gina's in New Zealand uh, like Scarlett is in uh, USA. Yeah, and there's Alison's in Scotland. She's another Brit. Um, yeah. but there's quite, you know, there's, there's Teresa. There's lots of them. I won't mention everybody, but yeah, it, the, the connections that have made has just been a, a kind of inspiring, really. Um, very much so. I, I I I get as much from the people I've met as I hope they get from me, if not more so. Yeah. And to be honest, it's for for many months it was my reason for getting up in the morning to. To go online and, and search out what I needed to do that day, what people wanted me to speak about, and it it's helped me no end. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's important what what you're saying as well about yeah that 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 motivation to get up in the morning. Um, and I know with what's going on at the moment, there may well there's going to be a lot of people that do listen to the podcasts, and they are kind of in that place where it's a strange kind of social limbo. Uh, I don't like the prison term that's been used in the media, and I won't say yeah. it. I won't say it because it's very, very, in my eyes, it's very derogatory to people. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you're our prisoners and you're to be locked up and kept locked up. I think that's a horror. I, I say like you know, social limbo is all right with me. <laughs> yeah. If we could promote that phase, um, you know, that might be a bit better. 
But... Well, I don't know about you, but it doesn't actually make that much difference to me. Well, no, this is what I said to my friends um, um, when it first came on. Like friends from different places were kind of contacting me, ringing me like, oh, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be okay? I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I've, I've dealt with this for years. Um, mm-hmm. um, in, in some ways, it humbles me because people are coming down to uh, uh, kind of see each other on a similar level. Yeah. And if you think about the restrictions, uh, some days not being able to go out, yeah, not being able, yeah. To, not being able to interact with people, yeah, feeling isolated, not having enough money, you know, you can see the patterns, can't you? Uh, absolutely. I've, I've said this for a couple of weeks now. I'm, I'm fortunate enough that if if there's a scale of disability, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones in that I look okay and I can get out and about and yeah. myself and my wife do go out for days, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, we do miss that, but we're now on a level playing field with all the able-bodied people. Yeah, he, we're, we're all in this same boat together, so welcome to our world. Yeah, and it, and it is almost, it's a case of, well, not like, oh, well, you know, this is what we've had to deal with, so, you know, get used to it. It's a case yeah. of, it's a case of welcome in, you know, let's, yeah. let's, 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 as people that have been here, give you encouragement and hope and support uh, to yeah. say, well, you know, you may only have to do this for a month or two. Um, That's it. Imagine if you had to do it for 15 years or 20 years, I mean, or whatever. Um, so, That's all right. you know, and then, yeah, and then you use your sense of humour and so on. To, to kind well, of... the, the rest of the world seem to be seeing it as some sort of siege mentality, but for us, it's again welcome to your new normal. Yeah, I think some people are actually seeing it as some kind of, depending on who they are, seeing it as some type of punishment, and that depends on your kind of views on where you see humans in in relation to the rest of the world and the earth. Um, but I think it, it's in my in my sense, it's like well. Um, I had a few days of like feeling a bit weird and kind of like a bit, kind of like, well, well okay, yeah, mech kind of thing. And then I was kind of like thinking, well, you know, I've got to do some stuff in the garden, I've got to do this, but I need to do proper spring clean, I need to sort my books out. I've got all this list of stuff to do, Andy. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of saying, well, where the bloody hell do I start? It's mm-hmm. like, you've got all this time. And then a little voice came in my head and went, start inside, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, well, we, sort yourself out first. Well, we're, we're fortunate enough to, to live out in the middle of nowhere, oh, so right, we, yeah. we can just go out for walks and not see a soul. It's it's bliss in oh, that respect. But. That's magic. I'm I'm uh, a mile out of the city centre, uh, but but it's it's a nice it's an old Victorian neighbourhood. The, the houses are big and spaced out. There's a lovely big park. So it's nice. not—it's not, it's not like London or Birmingham or Manchester. Well, Manchester's not so bad. Um, yeah, but literally, I, I can kind of walk to a few places. But um, so, which part of Lincolnshire are you actually in? Then, are you in north or south or? We're we're right on the border with Nottinghamshire. Literally, ah, well, uh, we the, can see the border of Nottinghamshire at our back garden. Right. So near. Retford, we're, near, we're, we're actually closer to Newark than we are to Lincoln, if you know Newark. Oh, I know Newark, yeah. I was there um, uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, me and my friend, we do the um, the rock and gem and bead shows. And yeah. One we did at the um, the showground. Is it showground? Yeah, there's a showground at Newark, yeah. Yeah, so that was the first time I've been to Newark. It's a lovely town. 
Yeah, we prefer Newark to Lincoln. I mean, I'm a Lincoln boy. I've lived there all my life. Right, but, okay. But now we've moved out here, we spend a lot, lot more time in Newark than we do in Lincoln. Yeah, I, th- I thought Newark, I was quite quite enchanted with Newark. It was like, well, wow, some lovely buildings. And there was yeah, that, it's a uh, nice town, really nice town, very I th- underrated. And I think one of the uh, old buildings was, was a brewery. I don't know if it's still there. Uh, there's many breweries in Newark. Yeah, Which but, one? No, no, but there was one that was just particularly nice. I can't remember what what it was called though. But yeah, lo- lovely town. Yeah, it wonderful. is nice. Yeah, right. it's like I say, it's very underrated. Not many people have been. Yeah, well, they, um, hopefully we'll get back there to do another show when they when they recommence. Um, but yeah, it was well, one, of the, one of the nice ones. We enjoyed it there. We'll meet up for a brew if you do. That sounds bloody good. <laughs> 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 Excellent. Right, so. When do we get to digressing a little bit? Um, so yeah, important things uh, in your recovery that aided you. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of always think about music and like books, literature. When when I could read again, uh, and healing different things. What what kind of things helped you on your way, Andy? Um, I'll be honest with you, just living really. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I took a long time to get back to a normal me who accepted me, but yeah. as you say, mu- music played a big part for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a, a rock music fan, your Aerosmiths and your Thunders and that kind of thing. Oh, snap. Uh, that's played a huge part for me, and comedy. Oh, snap I, I again. love comedy. Double snap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had uh, Brian Starr on. Brian's in, uh, I think, Carolina, wherever he is. And, uh, and he was like, half, half of the podcast, or about a third of it, was just a bit with me and him talking about music and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think, yeah, there's a certain music feeds the soul. It does feed the mind. Um, and I think it feed, feeds the, the right half of the brain as well. Um and I don't know if you found this, but over the years, I feel that recovering from brain injury, the right side of your brain becomes more prominent sometimes. Yeah, probably, yeah. So you, you get kind of more creative, more uh, imaginative than you used to be? Oh, I think I've become more creative, definitely. Yeah, excellent. So <coughs> I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have dreamt about making films and talking nonsense ten years ago, but... No, no. It, like I say, three years ago, I thought, why not? And I've, I've grown to enjoy doing it. Okay, so, um, like, yeah, with music, uh, do, do you play any musical instruments? Or have you tried, or you... No, I don't, but me, play instruments, you're just joking. Just no. <laughs> no, I just no, wondered, because some I'm people I'm very do. much a listener. I can you even play the spoons, trust me. Yeah, well, in that case, yeah, you just play the stereo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I've... I've yeah, down the years, and even probably before brain injury, I've been to a lot of gigs and up and down the country, seen a lot of live music. Um, not so much these days um, because it costs a fortune, but it's not cheap. No, these days it's bloody expensive. Yeah. Um, but it, did you did you ever go see live bands? Was that something or before or after? Oh, before I used to uh, again rock music. I used to, you, you know back in the day. I was a Def Leppard fan. That's how long ago I'm oh, talking. Right, yeah. And uh, lots of obscure rock bands like Faster Pussycat, who people have never heard of, and that kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. But but post accident, I really got into a rock band called Thunder. Thunder, yeah. 
had the heyday many years ago, but not many people have heard of. But yeah, I remember Thunder. I've been to 21 gigs, all, all post-accident. Right. Uh, got my wife hooked on them as well, and even my daughter Holly's now a huge fan. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, she was she was lucky enough to get a VIP pass and, and meet two of the band in, in November, and she was absolutely Aye. made a year, bless her. So. Oh, amazing, fantastic. Yeah, and it, it's good when everybody can, can enjoy it as well. Yeah, yeah. I think like gigs, I haven't been to that many recently. last one was in January. Um, mm-hmm. end of January I saw an American guy Sergal Simpson uh, oh, yeah. he's, he's kind of like yeah he's, he's, a, he's on a borderline between uh, rock uh, and kind of psychedelic and alt country and different stuff um, All right, but yeah. he made a concept album which is kind of like he's, he's kind of based it on around a Pink Floyd type of concept mm-hmm. uh, called Sound and Fury and that, that's really good uh, that's, that's the last one I saw but uh, yeah down the years Used to go all over the place, Manchester, Leadmill in Sheffield, and uh, all kinds of places. But yeah, we have. We I mean, we love it. We've we done Wolverhampton and yeah. been out to London and up to up to Leeds. <laughs> we've Leeds been Man- well, Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> been all over the place. Love yeah. it. Yeah, no, Manchester's great for gigs. That's probably one of the best places um, outside of London. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I've, I've never been to Manchester. We actually went to a Thunder gig in December. And we oh. fell in love with the town, thought it, thought it was lovely. Oh, Manchester's amazing. I lived there for yeah. a year. Yeah, it's, it, it really is. Um, just so many great things about it. And it's 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 quite spacious as well. You know, you, you don't, you're not crowded in like uh, like you are in some cities. Um, yes. Yeah, good weekend. We had a while of a time. thought it was a really nice city. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so... Um, the other thing I meant to ask you as well is, um, do you take anything uh, in terms of supplements or naturally or anything uh, to help you day to day? I know you, you, you've got epilepsy as well. And did that come on before or after? Was that mainly afterwards, after you injured? Yeah. No, yeah. as, as a consequence of the scar on my brain, it was yeah. virtually nine months to the day after the accident. Bang. I had my first my first generalised seizure, Ooh, the proper yeah. break dancing on the floor and foaming at the mouth, all that sort of business. Oh blimey! Yeah. Um, and I, I, you're told that you haven't necessarily got epilepsy until you've had a second, because anybody <laughs> anybody can have one <laughs> seizure. And about th- about three months later, I had a second seizure, and right. two became three, and so on and so on. So naturally, I've been taking epilepsy medication since then and fortunately i haven't had a seizure now for 19 years oh fantastic not a proper generalized seizure i still have vacancies yeah uh, little moments in time where i don't really know what i am which are seizures but yeah i've had a stereotypical shaking body seizure for 19 years now touch wood because of the medication medications well that's good yeah like you say you you have these these smaller like mini episodes where you don't quite know where you are who you are but it's 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 not full-blown you know kind of flapping like a fish on the floor no yeah. I, I can live with them if, if that's all i have for the rest of my life i'm quite happy because yeah, no, when i had the generalized seizures i i lost my sense of self and i had no independence i wouldn't leave the house because i was just scared but pretty much permanently yeah. But, but now, at least with those under control, I'm, I'd, I'd live a touch wood normal life. Yeah, a, a, a better life. 
Okay, and um, is, is there anything else that you use in terms of like brain function or like supplements or um, naturally? Or? I'll, I'll be honest with you, I take such high doses of the medication I do take to stop yeah. the seizures, mm -hmm. I'm loath to take anything else. Oh, I see, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. My, my limit is God liver oil for the old joints as I'm in my 50s right. now, I'm starting yeah. to creak a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm getting towards 50 now and it's like, yeah, everything starts creaking, doesn't it? Um, it certainly does. I mean, my background in um, working with functional, that's like natural medicinal things, are things which are very natural and gentle. Uh, and that came about for me because between 2006 and 2011 12, I was just drugged to the eyeballs by the yeah. NHS and, and not, not for any good reason either. I just, I just learned the hard way that either they were going to kill me with it all or, you know, I'd end up dead from it all. Because um, you're talking antidepressants, uh, tranquilizers like benzodiazepines, uh, co codeine, dihydrocodeine, morphine, um, mood stabilizers, gabapentin, anything. You know, at one time I looked at the prescription sheet and there was like nine or ten things on there, Andy. Yeah. And at that moment I had a reality check and went, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, I'm on, the, I'm on the gabapentin. It's the gabapentin Ooh. I'm taking a high dose of. Right, okay. I'm taking a, a, I'm taking double the recommended amount, believe it or not, but it does stop the seizures, so... That stops seizures, does it? Yeah, or gabapentin's predominantly an epilepsy drug, yeah. It's, it's right. used hugely to, to uh, right. control epilepsy. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard something about that, but I didn't know the extent of it. Um, well, it's been, a, it's been a lifesaver for me, gabapentin, because it... Yeah. I started taking that in a high dose, and that's what stopped the generalised seizures, touch wood. So. Right, so that's what it's meant for. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, yeah, I, mean, I think if we go back to 2008 and nine, I was given that for pain, and it really fucked me up. Yeah. Massively. It was like, Jesus, their symptoms and side effects were horrific. Yeah, and, uh, it, it is used for pain relief as well. It's even used for things like neuralgia and that kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I got, I did get pain relief. I think for about three, four, five weeks or something, mm. and then all of a sudden, I, my weight started to balloon. Uh, um, my, my, mine too. Yeah, my um, skin would like turn was on fire most of the time. I had hives and rashes, and I, I, was, yeah. I used to like stumble around like the fucking village drunkard from some you know kind yeah. of novel or something. It was like, well, and I'm like, I hadn't even had a drink. Why do I feel like? Why do I feel yeah. slightly pissed? And then... No, I, yeah. I, I did become essentially, quote-unquote, a fat bastard after I started <laughs> to take a gabapentin, but I get no pain relief from it at all. It, it stopped my seizures, but no. that's it. Right, well, no, in that case, it's, it's fine for you. To, and, I'm, and I'm always... I'm not against allopathic medicines, and you know I do decry them for a lot of things to do with mild traumatic brain injury. But if it's good for somebody, if it helps somebody, it has its place in a wider sense of healing people. But if if all you're doing is just taking allopathic drugs and nothing else, then I think you 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 know in some cases you can be in a lot of trouble. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah wrong. No, well, after 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 the gabapentin didn't work, and I went back to the doctors, like, oh, we'll give you pre-gabalin now, <laughs> and that, yeah. like, that lasted about another month or so or two, and then it was like, no, I can't do this, and then they put me on opioids, so then it was on the dihydrocodeine and stuff, so. 
Jesus. So yeah, uh, the reason I was saying all this is because yeah, I did that for about six years, and and before I got off most of it, uh, to, like that's two thousand six to two thousand and twelve, and after that, we're still on like high doses of codeine every day, and uh, only got off that a couple of years ago. So Jesus, codeine for me is a killer. Yes. I can't take codeine. I'm a zombie. Well, I, I what I found was it, it would it be one of those opioids that has one of two different effects on me, and you know that codeine when it metabolizes in your liver it turns to morphine. Yeah. But at different degrees for different people. So mm-hmm. so for you it may, it may have had a bigger output at the back end of morphine, and you may be well, like I'm, kind of spazzled. <laughs> My my wife will confirm I'm smacked off my tits if I take codeine. I'm well, on, yeah. on another planet. Basically, yeah. That's what I was just I was waking up to saying, yeah, you could be smacked off your tits. I mean, you could be. Um, I think I, they were giving me, I think, hundred uh, prescription of 120 milligrams a day, which is probably not a lot for some people. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, I I would just take it first thing in the morning, like five o'clock in the morning. Um, because I have fibromyalgia as well, I'd wake up with like tremendous stiffness, aching pain, sometimes just bo- whole body, it kind of neck to toe racked in pain. And what it would do, it would just reset my body, it would just be like rebooting the computer. Yeah. But it would put me to sleep in like kind of like a, a, a dreamy, cozy sleep for about yeah, two, two three hours. Yeah, do, coding does that for like me as well, it's the same thing. Pink, yeah. fluffy cloud of wonderful sleep. And then you'd wake yeah. up kind of like, all right, well, I can just about get on with my day. I, I feel no pain with I codeine. Feel I, no. I feel nothing <laughs> no. but sleep. Yeah. But the only thing I feel with codeine is tired. Right. It used to have the opposite effect. If I took, if you took it after that through the day, it would have like a real stimulating effect. Like really? God, su- no. Like Not a, for me. Like a Superman type of thing. Um, uh, dihydrocodeine was even more so. It was like, poof. Uh, it was like, yeah. you know, um, just kind of some, like, mental, psychological, physical stimulant. It was like, whoosh. But not not in a good way. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not promoting that. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it's taken me all this time to get out of out of doing that. I'm, I'm lucky not to have anything, you know, as, as awful as epilepsy to deal with. But, um, yeah, I've just had to try and deal with it in other ways. Um, yeah, and you say cod liver oil as well. That's always a good one. I think. Uh, again. Cod liver oil is always a good one, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like oils and things as well. Um, one thing that I, I do recommend, I would probably even even encourage you to have a look into, is uh, a an, an lion's mane mushroom. Into what? Lion's mane, mushrooms. Um, right. Yeah, it basically comes in a dried, powdered form. Uh, lion's mane comes from mainly from Japan. Uh, it's a type of mushroom or fungi that grows out of a tree, from a tree, up, up, you know, up, the, up in the branches. Uh, and they found this in a certain kind of prefecture in Japan, certain region, uh, that all the people there seemed a lot happier and smarter and kind of more skilled and everything they were just kind of like you know really really well off um and they would been eating these lion's mane mushrooms from the trees and there's a studied it scientifically and they've looked at all the phytochemicals in it 
uh, they found it, it could create what's called that neurogenesis in the brain. Uh, neurogenesis is when you start to regrow and grow new neural pathways and brain cells. Um, and so I thought, right, okay, I like to do my research and stuff, Andy. And I, I thought, well, I'll get some of these. I'll get like, I think I've got like 90 capsules for like eight, eight nine pounds or something off of somebody on eBay. Um, and it says, do take one a day, and it takes about 30 days to start to work. Well, in about week three or four, that's when I started the podcasts. I was like, this stuff's bloody dynamite. And it didn't have. You're not mixing it up with cannabis, are you, by any chance? No, no, I don't smoke cannabis. <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing like that. Um, but no, it, what you do is you stack it with vitamin D. Um, right. So that helps the absorption for it. But I tell you what, it bloody superfies your brain, man. It really does. Never heard um, of it. I bet if. Yeah, but. Whoa. Yeah, Lion's Mane, as in Lion, Lion, Lion King, Lion's Mane. But yeah, have, yeah. A look, have a look into that stuff because I'm still taking it now. And you know what? It, it's the most amazing kind of cephalic brain stimulant. But it, it, it kind of clears your thoughts. It helps you to think better. It helps you to reason. And I think, you know, from even with what you're taking in terms of gabapentin, you, you might be okay with that. And obviously, um, run it by your doctor anyway, just to make sure. But uh, I've, a, I've a few people I know that are taking those now, and they're like, well, yeah, it's, it's really, really good stuff. It also helps with your mood and any kind of potential anxieties and stuff. Yeah, obviously, I can't, I can't really tamper with the epilepsy meds. Cause no, no, don't do that. No, no, that's not. No, but but ask, ask the doctor, you know, just say, well, would there be any, you know, if, if you think it's something to help you, would there be any kind of harm from taking this? And because it's, yeah. a, because it's a mushroom, because it's kind of like a natural, uh, you know, type of, uh, literally classed as a, a food stuff, um, you can get it in powdered form or tea form as well. I think that might help you. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have a look. Yeah, right. I won't recommend anything else, but that's one thing that I know <laughs> that, that really does work. Okay, so, um, right, looking forward to uh, the future and, and thinking about what you want to do next. I know you talked about making a film. Um, have you got What kind of plans have you got going forwards, Andy? Um, that's a very good question. What kind of plans has anybody got going forward? <laughs> well, well, yeah, think, um, think beyond the next couple of months. <laughs> I should have added as a caveat. Well, I... Myself and my wife, I think I can speak for. We we don't really have plans going forward. Oh. We we decide we decided four or five years ago that we'd spend our lives now making memories. Oh. We we don't buy each other gifts anymore. Christmas birthdays don't happen, but what we do do is try and put as much time away for each other as we can. We'll go away as often as we can, maybe not holidays, but mm. we'll travel around the UK, seeing yeah. places, going to gigs, seeing as many gigs as we possibly can, just going mm. places, doing things, because we're lucky enough to not to have to work, because we can't, for one reason or another. Yeah, so our, our plan going forward is just to be happy, wow. for our new normal to be happy, to have fun, and to look back in 20, 30 years when the end's nigh and think, do you know, that was a blast. Oh, that, that's 
probably that's the finest way of looking at it that I can think of. Yeah, and that you have each other as well. Well, you have there's all, all three of you. Um, yeah, I think that's that's something that um, you know if if you if you do if you are out there listening to this and you find yourself in a position where you feel like your life's been taken away from you, then well, you've got to look for the little things the little events, the small things, like you say, making memories, you know, or collecting memories and not things, you know, getting away from materialism, which is just rampant now. And, yep. and thinking, well, you know, and it's proven in all these studies, you know, the memories are the only things you can take with you. There's the, the emotions, you know. Bless. You know, I know so, so many of my friends where they like recently in the floods the houses got flooded and you know people and it's like everything's gone what have you got left you know if that if that kind of asteroid strikes tomorrow or whatever or whatever else is coming what what are you going to take with you you've got to find things to laugh about laughter is the best medicine laughter is everything you've got got to have a ball yeah yeah i mean somebody um yeah friend sent me um a clip today from i think it was uh goodness gracious me do you remember that i do remember that yeah i I absolutely i i nearly yeah nearly wet myself watching that it was just yeah i know it was a few years ago and we don't make tv like that anymore here but um I think now more than ever we have to find we we, we naturally find reasons to kind of piss ourselves laughing. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You've got to make make each other laugh and just have a blast. And yeah. that's all you need to know. That's the meaning of life. Yeah, especially with the people that you love. Um, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that I'm okay on my own. Uh, my son's oh, yeah the other side of the country, and I obviously won't get to see him for some time. Um, and like you know, my dad's a bit isolated where he is, so I'm all right. I'm one of those people that will I will sit and laugh at, laugh to myself. <laughs> I'm like one of those. Yeah. I can sit and watch something and kind of like have a real belly laugh and roll my head off, and like my neighbours just think, oh, he's on it again. <laughs> it's all you need. As long as you feel better after it, that's the main thing. Most definitely, as well. Yeah. Okay, um, so is there anything else you'd like to to add, Andy, or anything else you wanted to talk about that's uh, 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 particularly important to you at the moment? I know we only kind of briefly touched on the DWP, and I just wouldn't. Yeah, well, I only watched that video again today, and when I actually ended up reliving it all from exactly from where you were saying the two guys coming in, people coming into your home and kind of like asking you the questions and my god it, it really triggered some like from where i was back i went had that back in 2015 yeah and i spent two over nearly two years and it went all the way to tribunal uh trying to because the, the the i was on dla and the, this person turned up my home and said uh, this is when I was living in Manchester and said you need to in claim for PIP and I was like okay um, I said can you give me the forms he's like no I can't you've got to ring up and get them sent to you like, okay. yeah, been there. right so I in the, in the proceeding uh, I think it that was in the September or the October the DLA was due to run out in the January and I tried uh, three times to get the forms they said to send them to me I never got them 
uh, when I eventually got them, uh, I think it was like Christmas time, I couldn't get them filled out, and you know there's like a time stamp on it, you got to get it done by. So I, yeah. ended, I ended up having to do it myself, and then uh, it got refused, you, I got a stupid letter, I think I got zero points. I did. Uh, yeah, and then it went all the way to tribunal, I finally got somebody to help me, uh, you know, kind of uh, to deal with the process. Uh, I got to the tribunal, went through that, and at the end, I just knew at the end of that that it was like a pointless waste of time. And then I got the fuck you letter a couple of months, uh, a couple of weeks later, and I got a grand total of one point. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's a scandal. <laughs> it's a scandal on a national level. It really is. Well, you know, uh, for everybody that, if anybody's listening out there and you, you kind of uh, voted Tory over the last 10 years and, and you're okay uh, with that and kind of what you, you've, you they've done to people who have got hidden disability and invisible disability, I say, well, that's really great karma. <laughs> well, you, know? you, asked me about, you asked me about goals in life for the future and that... That's my number one and pretty much only goal in life at the moment. It's all about awareness. Mm. I, I, I see people in other walks of life who by whatever means manage to speak to MPs, manage to speak to the press about yeah. various issues. Yeah. But brain injury, hidden illness, nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to discuss no, it. Don't. Not, not, no, not with us. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that thousands of people have killed themselves because there have been t benefits taken away. No, they don't. And this, this is a huge issue that they need to speak to the likes of me. I've been there, you've been there, we've yeah. all been through mm. it, and we've got the stories that need to be heard, but nobody wants to listen. There's well, my goal. Yeah, that is a fine goal, and if there's any way I can support you in doing that, please let me know in future. I'll, I'll happily give my time and I appreciate it, and if, like you say, if anybody's listening who knows of ways to reach that goal, feel free to get in touch. Well, I think also we, we could, you know, kind of share ideas on that uh, uh, too, and, and you know, uh, that, that, that might be a good thing. thing. Um, and the most importantly, what you just said was that, yeah, um, these politicians are people recently there was a debate in Westminster Hall about brain injury Chris Bryant or whoever it was and I was emailed by certain societies about that but it would have just been between politicians and professionals what it is is they aren't talking to us to the people who are going through it they aren't they don't get, want to talk to us they don't have any intentions or any desire to kind of have to shake hands with people like us they want us to vanish. That's the point. Well, we are invisible. Yeah, they they don't want to acknowledge that we exist. No, of course I, not. What give you that idea, Andy? <laughs> I I wrote to my MP. I, I was like yourself. Yeah. I was den I was denied PIP. And yeah. um, as as my film proves, I've been denied ESA again. No, I've written to my, I've written to my own MP, and I've not even received a reply. Oh, so I don't, me. I don't exist. Simple as that. You got turned down for ESA. Sorry. Oh, you said you got turned down for ESA. I've, I've been in receipt of the, uh, ESA for seven years, oh, you got, but you and I, I, I was told I wasn't going to get it anymore six years ago. Went oh. to tribunal, and the court threw it out. 
said uh-huh. the DWP didn't know what they were talking about. Good, yeah. Good. I, I was re-evaluated six months ago, and I, again, I was told I was fit for work. Oh, bloody hell, yeah. So I'm having to go to tribunal again yeah. with an active court order from six years ago. Right. Oh, so it, it will be thrown out again because the court order says he should be having it. Yeah. But I've got to go through all this hassle again. Yeah. But I don't exist, so it doesn't matter. Well, it's the stress of it that really got to me. I think the stress of it was... It wasn't as stressful as going through family court recently, yeah. but it was pretty up there towards that. Uh, I think family court's probably the, one of the worst things. Uh, but yeah, sure. the, the, the tribunal was, well, just sitting there, having these people just just accusing you of lying and accusing you uh, inadvertently of, of just being a fake, a fraud. Yeah, but that's, that's a metaphor for brain injury. We get that every day from... Normal people. So the DWP are no worse in that respect. It's just that you expect better from them, but I don't know why. Yeah, well, I have another acronym for the DWP. I have several, uh, which I probably can't repeat. Uh, (laughs) But, um, yeah, an interesting fact as well regarding the DWP and their lies and their uh, cover-ups and things is a lady called Dr. Sarah Myhill. Who used to yeah. be used to be in the NHS? She's a fantastic doctor. She's a functional doctor now, uh, and she uh, is leading a crusade uh, to show that people with CFS and ME uh, are have been treated appallingly under the system, uh, because basically she's uh, proven that the DWP conspired with Atos and other people um, to try and uh, suppress the fact that ME and CFS is a real illness. And also, they were trying to just get them all to do CBT and to get them all off benefits and try, to try and kind of like get them all back into work or whatever. Mm. Uh, and she exposed um, this this kind of like multi-million pound scam. Uh, if you look it up on YouTube and if you just put in Dr. Sarah Myhill and like CFSME, she does a presentation in it, which is about 20 odd minutes. But when, yeah. you wa- when you watch it, it's shocking and you think... This is our government that's doing this. It, this is yeah, this it, is criminal. It's not, it's not shocking criminal. to the likes of us, though, is it? No. In other news, water's wet. No, it's, 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 it's been going on for years, unfortunately. Oh hell yeah! I mean, it's, and, and we're testament to it. I, I posted online after hmm. my first experience in two thousand and three that DWP actually stands for shameless lying bastards. Well, I, 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 I always call it the Department of Wankers and Pricks, but <laughs> um, sorry, True. it's a swearing a lot Both today, that's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's inconceivable that people that work there could, could kind of think, well, you know, they can do this kind of stuff to another human being. Um, and, you know, they've got jobs, they've got families, you know, they've got kind of mortgage, everything else. But there's got to be a limit where you become complicit. You know, you might think, oh, they, I don't... What it is is that they want people to give in. Oh, they, hell yeah. they threw a blanket over the disabled and yeah. decided we'll deny everybody benefits mm. and if 50% of them don't fight it, we're 50% better off. And they're relying on people like you and I giving in and not fighting it. Yeah. and, then, and then... I, for one, refuse to not fight. Yeah, it's not snap here, but I mean, it, I learned other ways to cope. I mean, I mean, I don't think I could try and go back to that. Um, but yeah, and then with the money that that fifty percent of the money they've saved, they pay themselves huge bonuses. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. 
Welcome. I'm not going to get overly controversial, but where does that money go? Well, it's if you look if you look deep enough in the press, you'll see that you know massive uh, multi hundred thousand pound bonuses go to the big bosses and to the other kind of like the the less senior bosses as well. Um, And it's based on it's a results based thing. So they're incentivized to deny people help. But, and it works. Yeah, uh, but the the main the, the thing is what what the government's paid them to do it. All the contracts has cost far more than it would have done to pay everybody the benefits in the first place. <laughs> so it's like, well, you know, it's cost you more, far far more money, more billions of pounds of money to deny everybody than it would have been just to keep reasonably paying people that needed it. Yeah. So then it starts to look like a political cull on the week, mm-hmm. um, which uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not afraid to say this on, on my own podcast, Andy, and, and you you can say what you like. I don't care. But it literally is what we're living in today. Is um, for the last ten years is a political cull. Um, it is by the upper classes. I can say what I like, can I? Yes, you can say whatever you want. Well, on a lighter note, then I'll, I'll raise the tone up a little bit. Come on, then. My wife, Let's get my wife stood in front of me mm. with an empty squash bottle because I'm dying for a wee. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take and a she's break? Going, go on, go on. I'm saying no, no. You can take a break if you want. <laughs> I can always edit it out. <laughs> no, it's fine. You are. You're going to be okay. <laughs> It makes for good podcasting. Does it? <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't if I did it. Yeah. Well, at least, I mean, what, what a wonderful woman to offer you that squash bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you know. The only thing she offered me for many years, but let's not go there. <laughs> no, that's not there. Right, okay. So, right, in that case, I'll, I'll try to wrap things up a little bit quicker with you. Um, right, so, yeah, we covered quite a bit there. Um, so yeah, you're saying you don't particularly make plans for the future, but I'm, I'm going to look forward to kind of you know uh, when you post your videos and things. Um, oh bless you! And you know, if it, like I said, if there's anything else that, that can do, you know, to help help you along and support you, or just in terms of like kind of bouncing ideas, then don't, don't hesitate to say. The two way street, David. Likewise. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely uh, want want to keep up and see uh, how you're doing in terms of. Uh, talking to the establishment. <laughs> well, if I even get that far, but we'll see. Yeah, well, you know, this is this is something that I've never ever really. I've thought about it a lot, and then thought, no, I, I can't quite bring myself to do it yet. Now, uh, one last thing. My wife summed it up many years ago by saying, "Do you know the tragedy is if you were a child or dying." The press would be all over it. Oh my God! Yes, yeah. Uh, but because we're we're kind of uh, you're dealing with chronic illness, um, you know, you look all right to me. You know, you don't look so bad. Oh, oh no! If you had cancer, or if you're a child, or if your child dying with cancer, then my yeah. God, you'd have you'd be splashed all over the papers. Because that's absolutely right. Because that's how you sell newspapers. Yeah. That's how you get advertising revenue. Shock, horror, kind of like oh, you know, right. uh, tears, distress, kind of tugging on people's heartstrings but if you say look oh this is Andy or this is David that's uh, you know really really struggled difficultly over the last 20 years or whatever and it's like oh yeah sorry as, yeah. A, as a narcissistic uh, media and society we're not really interested nobody wants uh, to run a story about a fat 50 year old who talks <laughs> shite to a camera it's as simple as that 
well, let's run our own stories. Uh, so then you say, well, you know, um, you know, your story's not really interesting, and you look all right. So you know, you know, that's it. You know, you look, you look on, yeah. you look, you look, you look kind of like, you know, a bit tortured, but probably not enough for us. A bit tortured, yeah, bloody hell, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I think, well, that usually occurs on the inside, doesn't it? For, for yeah, us, <laughs> as well. Right, okay, so, right, bearing in mind that Andy uh, needs to um, use his squash bottle. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to thank you so much uh, for, for your time, and yeah, it's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And, anytime, my friend. Anytime. And yeah, and if any any time you want, you feel uh, any stage in your journey ahead, you you want to come back on, uh, and you know, kind of chat again, or just talk about something that, that you're doing, then I'd be absolutely delighted for that as well. Will do. Right. So it only remains to say yeah, thank you so much, Andy. And I'll, I'll talk to you very soon. No problem. It's good to talk. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. So that was, uh, yeah, that was interesting uh, to get Andy's perspective there. And just what, what a lovely chap. <laughs> what, what a decent soul. And, yeah, to survive such an injury in the first place. Uh, he's a true warrior. Um, you know, and I'm just glad that, that, that things are working out for him in his life and he's, he's able to, yeah, you know, like the rest of us, he come to terms with things. Uh, I think a, a, a great example for us there. And, uh, you know, I, I hope he keeps this work up and, uh, you know, continues to reach the right kinds of people. So thank you very much for listening today. Uh, we're going to be back with more podcast soon uh, fingers crossed all, all things uh, crossed as well um i just wanted to say uh, a big thank you as well to uh well to, to to all of you everybody that's been in touch not just about regarding brain injury but uh personally as well uh, these times can if we use them positively bring us much closer together uh, and have more understanding uh, but as we see a, a common awakening of awareness and things going on, uh, we're all finding more understanding. So people have lived for many years, as we said in the interview, uh, feeling isolated or secluded from the rest of society. Now we have a chance to, to kind of be able to connect at a deeper level with others. So um, thank you all of you and, and, and much love to everybody. Um, so once again, if, you, if you're not familiar with the podcast, uh, where you can find us or get in touch with me or, or, my, or my other colleagues um, on the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness uh, groups on Facebook. Uh, there's also uh, Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness uh, UK dot wordpress.com which is our blog and information site uh, you can contact us through there as well you can contact myself the david bottomley at gmail.com on facebook uh sorry on twitter beg your pardon already done facebook twitter is at post concussion is a handle the hash uh, the at handle or uh at david 74 that's d-a-v-i-g-e 74 and that's on Twitter. All right. So uh, look forward. Please keep sending in your questions, your comments, your stories. All of those are, are, being, are inspiring to me as well, you know, because I, I have to keep going. And, you know, we, we don't monetize things. We don't do things for profit here. So, you know, we, we keep going just out of, I keep going out of what, what I love doing. What, what I have to do is my dharma, my life purpose. So keep to keep doing that. 
is really important. So thank you for all your encouragement and keep encouragement and criticisms, everything coming in. I don't mind what it is. You can say what you want to say. There's no censorship. I'm not going to just turn around and tell you that you're wrong. If you think something we could do something better, please just tell us. Okay, for now. So uh, I hope you really enjoyed that. And thank you. And I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Cheerio.